That's a great gospel truth to sing together. To have your Bibles, we want to turn to John's Gospel and the chapter 1. John's Gospel and chapter 1. Uh, we're going to speak from verse 11. He came on to his own, his own received him not, but his many received him. To them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That little phrase, it says, he came on to his own. He came on to his own. We pray the Lord to bless us here uh, tonight. Let's pray uh, together. Loving Father in heaven, we pray that I would bless us here around the word of God. We thank you for the singing of the hymns that's brought us to Christ, that's brought us to Calvary. And Lord, the very simple gospel truth that salvation is found in the Lord Jesus. And there may be some tonight and they're not saved. Uh, Lord, and they know it. Uh, but we pray, Lord, have mercy upon them. And may this be the very night that they will put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus. Oh, close us in with thyself. I need your help, Lord. I need your help to speak. And even the congregation needs help to listen. There are many things, Lord, that would distract us. But we pray we'll be taken up with Christ tonight. And we'll see him by faith, who's all together lovely. Continue with us in Jesus' name. Amen. When you read the Gospel of John, it is recorded uh, something very special about this man. That he's a disciple whom Jesus loved. The Lord Jesus, no doubt, he loved all of his disciples. And he loved all of his people. But there was this unique relationship between him and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Before the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, we read in John 13, verse 23, and there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And there he is in close relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 20 and verse 2, when Simon Peter was running to the tomb, it tells us, and the other disciple was running too, and it says the disciple whom Jesus loved. And there's no doubt about this. The Lord Jesus Christ, he loved, he loved John. But John loved the Lord Jesus. He really loved the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved to serve him. He loved to obey his commands. And whatever the Lord Jesus would say to him, he, he obeyed. He loved to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved to sit beside the Lord Jesus. And he loved to have communion with him. And he loved to speak of his blessed Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this in the very first chapter of his book because he begins, like none of the other uh, 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 gospel writers, he begins to show us something right from the very beginning of the majesty and the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to show all of his readers the very, very simple truth that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's something unique about this man, he's saying. He's just not a man. And you can see that from the very commencement of the passage, verse 1. He pulls no punches. He's hiding nothing. Lifting up right from the very commencement here of his message. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And notice, and the Word was God. And in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the people, they're left here in no doubt whom John is speaking about. He's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Right on down the passage, you see in a moment, he's speaking about the Lord Jesus. And he says, listen, he's God. He's God, God the Son. He's shown us this in his message. He actually says in verse 2, the same was in, listen, the beginning with God. I don't know anyone else who was in the beginning with God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But no one else, none of these false prophets was with him. You think of the prophet Muhammad. Was he there in the beginning? He was not. But I want to tell you tonight, we know one who was there in the beginning. The Lord Jesus Christ. John here, right, right at the very beginning, he tells us, Something about the majesty and the greatness of his Savior. Jesus Christ is God. I think I said to look behind me here. He is Lord of all. And that's a lesson that needs to be proclaimed today from our pulpits. And needs to be proclaimed for people like the false cults, the Jehovah's Witness, and the Muslims and others. They, they, they condemn that teaching, the truth of the Bible. But John has said, hold on a minute, I, I want to tell you about my Savior he is God. He is Lord. And then he goes on to tell us even something more because he tells us here in verse 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Not only that he's God, but John says, I want to tell you something else about this man. I want to tell you this. He made all things. Everything. He made the world. In verse 10, John says, he was in the world and the world was made by him. So you can see here immediately the greatness, the uniqueness of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none like him. And we're glad we're in the church tonight that love him, that serve him, that sing about him, that worship him. There's none like the Lord Jesus. He made the world. And it's amazing. I don't know if we ever heard the arguments of them that Jehovah's Witnesses. And they said to people, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, he made the world. They, they give them these verses. And you know what they say in response to that? He helped. He helped God. He helped the Lord Jehovah to make the world. He, he helped them. Well, there's a wee verse, and I'm going to read it to you. It's in Isaiah 44, verse 24. You can take a note of this verse if you ever meet them and come out with that argument against you. That Jesus helped the Father to build the world. But John said, Jesus made the world. But in Isaiah 44, verse 24, the Jehovah Lord is speaking. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. So who's speaking? Jehovah, the Lord. He says, thy Redeemer. He that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord. I am the Lord, he says, that maketh all things. So he says, I am the one who's made all things. Now John says, hold on. John says, the Lord Jesus Christ has made all things. And here I am the Lord that maketh all things that stretches forth the heavens alone. Notice the word alone. God says to all the heavens, I did this alone. And then he said, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. So how are the Jehovah Witnesses now going to get round this? Because the Lord is speaking. And he says, hold on a minute, see all the heavens, I did this alone. And the earth the earth, I did this by myself. And here's the answer to that. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. And there is none 
like him. And John is telling us here, is right from the very commencement of his message, of the greatness, the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can write down there, it talks about verse 4, that he is life. In him was life. There's life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're glad tonight when we come to preach the gospel. There's life in the Lord Jesus Christ. He talked here in this passage about light. He talked here about love. All of these things, I say to you tonight, all of these things is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's love in Jesus Christ. There's light in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is Lord. He hasn't changed tonight. And so John is speaking something here about the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none like him. And we're glad we can say that tonight. And he can only think about his ministry coming into the world. He tells him here in our text, he came on to his own, and his own received him not, uh, and so on. So he says, here's what happened in my day. He, John, John was there. There were witnesses. John was a witness to the life, the teachings, the miracles, all these things. He was a witness of all of these things to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says here, he came on to his own, and his own received them not. And I want us to just take those words and speak about them here uh, tonight. Three very simple things to do with the Lord Jesus Christ here. The visitation of Christ. I, I want you to, to hear the words of the Apostle John. He is in no doubt about this truth. Christ Jesus has come into the world. He came on to his own. That's what John says. The one who's God... The second person of the Trinity. The one who made the world. The one who's full of love and light and life. John says, I want to tell you this here. Right at the very beginning of this book. He says, he came on to his own. The Lord Jesus Christ has come into the world. That's what, the, that's what he's saying. That, that's what he's saying right at the commencement of his gospel. He came himself. Didn't send anybody else. Didn't send an angel, Gabriel, or any other one. He came here himself into the world. He came on to his own. In other words, the Jewish people. The Jewish people. These, the Jews are God's chosen people. And, and he tells us very plainly whom he came to. He's standing. Maybe he's standing here in Jerusalem. And the Jews are looking at him. And they're listening to him. And he says, here, I want to tell you. He's come on to his own. His own people. He's come to the Jewish people. And the people looked one day. And there's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's standing before them. You see, he came to his own. Do you know here tonight in this week that the Lord Jesus has come to his own? Spiritually speaking. When we come together to preach the word of God, remember? The Lord Jesus Christ said, For two or three are gathered together in my name. He's, there am I in the midst of them. He is not a God who's far away tonight. He's a God who is near. And he's come on to his own. And he came personally. John says he has come. Came on to his own. He came supernaturally as well. This was a supernatural visitation from the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. We only have to read uh, the passage about how he's God. And then it tells us how he became flesh. Now this is talking about the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great miracle. That's a great mystery. How the Lord Jesus, how he was planted into the womb of the Virgin Mary, supernaturally, by God 
that's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3 verse 16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Here's what he said. God was manifested in the flesh. And later on, the apostle Paul, that mighty apostle, that great preacher, he's right here to young Timothy, and he says, you know what he said? The incarnation, the incarnation of the Son of God into this world. He says, it's a great mystery. Well, can I, can I really explain it? No. Can you explain it? No. But we believe it. We believe it. The incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came miraculously. Here, John is speaking. Listen, a divine visitation from God. God has come into this world. I, I meet people and it says about Jesus Christ, only a man, only a prophet. I asked him the question, can God do anything? And I had to agree, well, he can. Could God come here, come from heaven, down to this earth as a man? And some may say to me, especially Jehovah's Witnesses, no, he didn't do that. I said, I didn't ask you, did he do it? I says, could he do it? Well, eventually they had to say, yes, he could. And I says, that's what he has done in the person of God the Son, the Lord Jesus. He came miraculously. He took upon himself human flesh, you see. So we believe this. He came supernaturally. And he came willingly, because notice the words here, he came on to his own. It doesn't say, you know, he had to be dragged down here. Or it didn't say about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he grumbled and that he complained. That the Father said, listen, son, I'm going to send you down into that world. And there's not a word, there's not a word of complaint falling from the lips of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. No, you see, he came willingly. He came to do the will of God, the Father. I said, you want love and mercy. The Lord Jesus Christ showed here in common, well, he came on to his own. He wasn't pushed out of heaven. He wasn't shoved out of heaven. He wasn't dragged out of heaven to come here. But he came of his own free will and all his love to us. He came purposely. What was this visitation all about? Was it just a casual visit? Sometimes we, we just do a casual visit with someone. I want to say to you there was a purpose in all of this. There was a purpose in the Son of God coming into this world. He came to save us. That's why he left heaven. That's why he left the glory of heaven. He came into the world to be our Savior. Remember in Luke 19 verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's why he came. He came down into this world to save the people who's lost and in their sin and heading down towards hell. And the Apostle Paul later on in 1 Timothy 1 verse 15 says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus, he says, he came into the world, listen, to save sinners. He came to save sinners. That's why he came. He came to save sinners and to come to save the likes of you and I. He didn't save himself. We follow the Bible. Follow the teaching of the Bible. Christ Jesus living that perfect, that pure, that holy life. And then where do we find him? We find him on the cross. And he's dying on the cross. And he's suffering pain and agony. He's given up his life. He's shedding his blood. He cried from the very death of his heart. My God, my God, why has I forsaken me? You see, he had come to make a sacrifice for our sin. 
They come to pay the price to do justice to God's, or do, uh, to God's justice by his death. That's why we read in the Bible about <clears throat> for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. That was grace. He came to save sinners. And on down in this passage, we didn't take time to read it, but when John the Baptist saw the Lord Jesus Christ, what did he say? He says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. As soon as he saw him, he said to the people, Look to Jesus Christ. He's the Lamb of God. What's John saying? He's going to bleed and die and suffer upon the cross to save us. Well, I want to tell you tonight, I'm glad that Jesus came. And I'm glad he came to save a wretch like me. And to every child of God in this meeting, we can say the same about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came on, he came on to his own. The visitation of Christ. And listen here, he came right to where they were. Right to where they were, right down to them. Right among them. He didn't hide himself from them. He came right down to where they were. And every child of God in this meeting tonight, when you were in your sin and you were far away from God, perhaps living a wicked life, he came right to where you were. He knew where you were. And he came right to your heart by his spirit. And if you're unsafe tonight, he's come again. He's come to anyone who's unsafe tonight to remind you of his great love, his passion, his death. He's a savior of the world and there's life. There's life in Jesus Christ. You see, he came on to his own. We'll be singing the hymn. I, I sort of ruffled the hymns around tonight there because of the communion service. But we're going to sing a hymn after this. In loving kindness, Jesus came. My soul in mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame, through grace he lifted me. But notice, in loving kindness, listen, Jesus came. He came to where you and I were. And he came to this people. He came to them. The visitation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came on to his own. And he's still visiting people. And he's still visiting. Spiritually speaking, he's still coming to us. Calling people to come to him, to trust him, to have everlasting life. The visitation of Christ. He came on to his own. And then I want to notice here about the rejection of Christ. You notice how he continues. It's really hard to believe what it says. He came on to his own. Listen, and his own received him not. They received him not. You know, what wickedness. What foolishness. That Jesus Christ who is God coming down here as a man. Coming right down to the Jewish people. What a privilege. What a blessing. But here's what happened. He came on to his own. And his own received him not. And notice that. They rejected him. They rejected him. They didn't want him. They would take anyone else but him. They would want anyone else but not Christ. And him, the Bible says, and his own received him not. Remember in the parable, the Lord Jesus speaking, sorry, over there in Luke 19, verse 14. But a citizens hated him and sent a message after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Notice here, they hated him. The Lord Jesus is the one here represented in Luke chapter 19 in his words. But I hated him. And they sent a message after him. He said, listen, 
We'll not have this man. We'll not have him. We don't want him. They rejected him. They rejected him. And they did this. They could not believe that he is the Messiah. They did not believe he's God. That he's the saviour of the world. And they said he's a deceiver. That's what they said. They said something in another place in the Bible. Without turning to it, he has a devil. So they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, you find that over in the Gospel of John 18. When they were faced with the choice between Barabbas and Christ, they said in verse 40, Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber, but notice that little phrase. Not this man. There are people in Northern Ireland at night, they're saying the same words. Not this man. Not this man. I don't want him. There are many tonight in our province, and even in the world, they want the temporal blessings that come from Jesus Christ. They want health and strength. Where do we get our health and strength? Where do we get the breath that we breathe from the Lord God of heaven? How do we get our food? He sends the sun. He sends the rain. He gives growth. And people want all of these things. But they don't want him. They don't want Christ. You maybe say, I know people like that. I know. You can hardly mention his name. You can hardly talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that's you in the meeting. You don't want him. But nothing to do with Jesus Christ. You see, they rejected him. They rejected Christ here. They came on to his own, and him they, were, they received not. It tells us here, and his own received him not. And I even think all about the messages and preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't time to listen, but what a preacher. Oh, what a message he preached. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, how he preached to this people. The simple gospel he preached to them. Come unto me all, you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But they rejected all his words. You can find in John chapter 10 where he says, I and my Father are one. It says in that particular passage, they lifted up stones to stone him. Lifted up stones to stone him. They didn't like the message. They didn't like the message that he proclaimed. They received them not. And you can find also in Luke chapter 4, without turning to it, when he was in Nazareth. And he was preaching and telling him he was the fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah. They got a hold of Christ and they were taking him to a hill and they were going to cast him over the hill and kill him. I don't know what, but the Lord Jesus, supernaturally, he got through them all and got away from it. You see, he didn't receive him. And there are many people tonight, maybe listen to my voice, and you've heard the gospel to come to Christ and repent from your sin. Believe in him and have everlasting life. But he says, no, I don't want it. Don't want the message. Don't want to hear. Don't want to come to Christ. They have all the signs and wonders that this Jewish people had saw from the Lord Jesus. In John chapter 5, a man for 38 years, there he is, helpless. Couldn't get into the pool when the waters were troubled. The Lord Jesus says, will I be made whole? Thank God he's made hope. Before everybody, people would have knew him. Had the man for 38 years, he sat at that pool. 
You can wander his own, his own receipt and that. Imagine somebody sitting in alone for 38 years in a wheelchair and the Lord Jesus, it was, the boy was healed. And the people said, we want nothing to do with that man. want nothing to do with him at all. That's what happened here in Jerusalem. He fed John 6, 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. What a miracle. But they received him that. John 9, for instance, that man who was blind from birth. And Lord Jesus healed him. And know that when they saw what had happened, know what they said. We know that this man, he's a sinner. That's what they said. They received him that. Well, I, I meet with people. So if I, go, I only see something. If I only see miracles. If I only see something great happening. I'll believe. You would not believe. There's it is. When Zacchaeus was risen from the dead, that was some miracle. It was about three days, whatever it was, he was in the tomb. And the Lord Jesus came to the tomb and said, Zacchaeus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. That's a great miracle. I've been the talk of the place. When you get just a few lines down, the next passage in John chapter 12, the old religious people have come together and they're planning to kill Lazarus. They're planning to kill Lazarus. The one the Lord Jesus brought even out of a tomb. So him they received not. They didn't receive him. They had all of these things. Didn't change their heart in any shape or form. And it's all saved people today. Look around us, we see the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork in Psalm 19, verse 5, even to do with salvation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, all things become new. And you know, you know somebody who's been transformed by the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but him you receive not. Just do the exact same thing. All these things is done, and even around you. And him, they received not. Oh, the love of Christ. We could go on with this. Even with the great love of Christ, they cried out, crucify him. Crucify him. They didn't want him. Nothing to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. His mercy, his pardon, there's forgiveness with him. Be it known unto you that through uh, this man is preached unto you forgiveness of sins. That is found in Acts chapter 13. And when the Lord Jesus was hanging upon the cross in Luke 23 verse 34, he says, Father, he says, forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Him they receive not. He had mercy. He had mercy for repentant sinners. But him they receive not. You say that's a terrible thing. So it is. But what about you? What about you? If you're not saved tonight, you're just the same spirit as these people of the Jews. Now they had great privileges. They saw the Lord Jesus. They saw his miracle. Some heard, heard us preaching, but we have it all recorded. The word of God is just to see him. Just to say we have it all detailed here in this book. The word of the living God. You've heard the gospel. And all these things about the Lord Jesus Christ. But him they received not. The heart is still closed. His heart. He says, no way am I coming to Christ. Or even the devil since some other time. Get right with God and come to Jesus Christ. Him they receive not. The rejection of Jesus Christ. And it's taking place all over our land today. You only have to do outreach work and go around homes and knock doors. They don't receive Christ. They don't want him. 
They want the world. They want sin. And all those things are wrong. They don't want him. They don't want him. He's the savior. He's their only hope. He's the only saviour. He's the only one who can take us to God. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto a father but by me. There's no other way but to him they receive not. I don't want you to reject Christ. If you're doing that tonight, I don't want you to keep on doing this. He came on to his own and his own received him not. They turned away from Christ. Is that what you're doing in your heart, in your life? But tonight, I'm not coming to trust the Lord Jesus as your Savior. I remember John has given these, and his opening address here in this passage, he's, he's telling us about the Lord Jesus Christ. He came on to his own. John said, listen, to him they, were, they would receive not, and his own received him not. They rejected the Lord Jesus. And so are you, if you're unconverted tonight. You're saying no to the Savior. No, I want the world. I want the sins of the world. The him they received not. You're just in the same group of this people I'm reading about here tonight. This wicked, sinful people. Not receiving Christ. But we want to go on. I'm glad it goes on because he tells us here about the reception of Christ. But he says in verse 12, I love the word but. You see the word but in the Bible, the whole picture changes. It's true in our conversation. Someone's telling you a story and you're just waiting on it and you say the word but, you know the whole story has changed. Well, the whole picture has changed. He came on to his own. His own received him not, but I thank God for the buts of the Bible. The whole picture changed. As man has received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But as man has received them, him, to them give he the power, it says, to become the sons of God. He speaks about those who received him. Well, what about the manner of their receiving? How do you receive Christ as your Savior? The Roman Catholic Church teaches in their catechism, 1,355, no, their number. Here's what they say about receiving Christ. In the communion, now we're going to have communion in a moment. Preceded by the Lord's Prayer and the breaking of the bread, the faithful receive, receive the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of Christ who offered himself for the life of the world. So they're saying, you receive Christ by the Mass and the Church, by the communion. In fact, in another catechism, it said, to receive communion is to receive Christ himself who has offered himself for us. So that's what they say. That's their teaching. How, how do you receive Christ? By taking the communion. We have been taking communion in a moment or two. Is that how we receive him? Is that what you've got to do to be saved? Does it teach anywhere in the Bible that you're saved by sitting at the Lord's table? Not one place. Not one place. You don't receive Christ by communion. Now this is important. The communion table's coming up very shortly. But we don't do that. We receive Christ by faith. That's why you have the words here, believe, in verse 12. But as many as received him and on down, even to them that believed, listen, believed on his name. And receiving Christ, it's like 
you receive him into your heart and into your life and believing in him. This is done by faith. I, I can't see him. I can't show you Christ tonight. But by faith we know he died for sinners. We know he's calling sinners to come to himself. And so it's by faith you trust him and call to him and ask him to be your saviour. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be, faith, shall be saved. How are we saved? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's by faith we receive him. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 3 verse 16, He that believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You're trusting him. That's what it means to receive him. I receive him spiritually into my heart. I believe in him as my saviour. And then he gives me everlasting life. I trust him. He's my Lord. He's my saviour. He's the one who bled and died. He's my only hope is Jesus Christ. So I trust him 100%. That's what it means to believe in Christ. It's not believe about him. You must say, no, well, I believe about him. You can believe about Christ. But believing about the Lord Jesus will not save you. It's believing on him. It's trusting him to be your saviour. As one has said, upon a life I did not live, upon a death I did not die, I stake my whole eternity. Not a wonderful statement. I stake my whole eternity on him who lived and died. That's receiving Christ. That's trusting him. I'm not trusting the fact that I, that I try to do good. I'm not trusting the fact that I preach the gospel to get me to heaven. It wouldn't get me too far. But I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I received them. And there are people tonight in this meeting who say, yes, I received. I turned from my sin. I repented. And I put my faith and trust in him. And he gave me everlasting life. Oh, here's the manner for receiving Christ. It's by faith. It's like bowing down and saying, Lord, God, be merciful to be a sinner. I receive Christ into my heart and life as my Savior. And I'm asking him to be my Savior. And they trust him. They've got to receive him by faith. And the great miracle is placed here as well. As many receive him, to give, give he power to become, listen, the sons of God. There's a miracle that takes place. It's not of blood, it says here. It's not, it says, of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God on over in the passage. In John 3, the Lord Jesus said to a very religious man, Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you see you? You're a ruler. You must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born of God. And that's what happens to somebody who receives in Christ. They are born of God. Sin runs in the blood, but grace does not. It is not of the will of man. It is not in bloods. It is of God. Oh, to become a son of God. How can I become a child of God? It's by receiving him. I want you to see that tonight. Some people say, well, when a child is baptized or christened to become a son of God. That is not true. You're not a son of God by water. It's by faith in Jesus Christ to become the sons of God. And John 3, verse 2, John could write, Now are we, listen, the sons of God. Now, he says, now are we the sons of God. You can know you're a child of God. You can become a child of God tonight. How? By receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's how you walk out of here a new person, forgiven and saved by the grace of God. You see the great miracle of it all. 
Christ Jesus coming into our hearts and saving us. And there was many, it says, as many as received him. And you read on down this book, it talks about how Andrew brought Simon Peter to the Lord. And in chapter 3, you have a religious man, Nicodemus, and John 4, sinful woman, the Samaritans. You can go right through this book, and many has received him. Doesn't matter who they were, doesn't matter about the background they had, doesn't matter about the sins that they committed. When they received Jesus Christ, they become a son of God. It doesn't matter tonight to me. I don't have to know your background. I don't know, have to know your sin tonight. But I know this. If you receive Christ, you become a child of God. Brought into God's family. Born of the Spirit and brought into his family. Oh, the moment. You see, when you, the moment you receive Christ, the Lord Jesus will bring you into his family. Remember the Bible says, Behold, now is accept the time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is that time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek the Lord. Perhaps you're putting this off for years. But oh, tonight come to Jesus Christ. You say, Lord Jesus, I've been running away from you. I've been hiding from you. I've been rejecting you. But tonight I come, O Lamb of God. I come just the way I am, Lord. I'm asking you to receive me. And I receive you. Make me a child of God. No works involved here, is there? Of yours. There's no money passing hands here. No, not a bit of it. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as many as receive him, to them give he the power. The authority, that word power means authority, to become 